0: at the beginning of chapter 16 that I want to draw your attention this morning. You'll see them there. And they took their journey from Elam. And if you go on down this chapter, the purpose, part of the purpose in turning to this portion this morning is that you and I might remember former mercies. That is the title of the message this morning. Reflecting upon former mercies. Now we've read part of verse 1 in chapter 16. But we're going to read verse 3 again. It says, And the children of Israel said unto them, Word to God we had died in the land of Egypt. I want to say first of all that there was careless talk. That was, you can imagine, the influence that that could have on the younger people that were among Israel at that time. When they heard the congregation, nearly all of them perhaps, saying it would be better for us eh, to have died in the land of Egypt. Such nonsense. And it shows us something of the potential of man's heart, how he can get to that point where everything that the Lord has done for them if you look back in the chapter there, in chapter 15, you will see that the tree was cast into the waters and the waters were made sweet. It reminds us of Calvary and the tree there and Christ makes the better sweet for us. But that was goodness from God and then that Elam, which we'll mention in a minute. But here they are and there is this careless talk. But you will see, if you read on down, it says, When we set by the flesh pots, This is carnal reasoning. Uh, And carnal, you you and I have been given a mind by the Lord to think and to reason. And very often we have to reason. But carnal reason on its own will lead you astray. And will take you away from the Lord. And here they're saying, we sat there by the flesh pots. Uh, There's not just the careless talk and and, and, and the carnal reasoning. But there is the confused analysis. You see what it says? And when we did eat bread to the fool, or the word fool, or meaning to our satisfaction. They were never happy when they were in Egypt. And delighted when they got out of it. And now they're saying, oh, we were so happy there. Men and women in a muddle. And their reasoning and their analysis is completely confused. Finally here, there is their railing upon God's servants, it says, For ye, Moses and Aaron, of course, have brought us forth into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. As I thought of that during the week and this passage, and thought of where the Lord was bringing them, the promises that he given to them to hold on to, and all that he had provided for them by way of supplying their need, when they needed it. And here they were. It's as though they're as far from God as any man or woman could be. And they're pointing the finger at Moses and they're saying, this is what the Lord has done for us. And folks, really this was following what was a critical stop in their experience. It says there at the beginning of chapter 16, they took their journey from Elam. Now, when they took their journey from Elam, there should have been those thoughts impressed upon their mind, those things in their heart that they would not forget, that would help them, in difficulties ahead. I suppose in many ways our experiences just like ours today. The Lord has led us out of sin. Sometimes we come to the wall and we feel that we're at the better waters. Then Christ draws near and we get our eyes upon him and in a way that we cannot explain we know that peace of God which passeth all understanding. And then we come to the wall again. And then he draws near again and he brought them here to Elam. Elam was um, it was an oasis. It was everything that they could possibly have asked for in the situation that they were in. We can truly say how good is the God we adore. Our faithful, unchangeable friend whose love is as great as his power and it knows neither measure nor end. Everything about Elim points to God's kindness, to his understanding, to his desiring to comfort them, to the consolation that he brings, to his provision for the way ahead. What a critical place it was for them. But they soon forgot it. Because you have them down there in verse 3, speaking in the way that we've outlined for you just a few minutes ago. And therefore, folks, as we look at this passage, we see here the importance, really, of reflecting upon former mercies. If they had done that properly, well, let's go right back to verse 27. They ought to have left Elam with new vision. What a great place it was for them. Now, there would have been triumph in the camp when, in, if you look in verse 19, when the Lord overthrew Pharaoh and his horsemen, and the danger was gone for that time. And if you look there in verses 20 and 21, you will see there that there is great form among the people there. Miriam um, and the others are singing, and they're singing to the Lord in verse 21 For he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. Things are good for them at that time. And this was um, a time of great gladness for them. But then came sure, and the experience there, the bitter waters, and then the vision seemed to become a bit more. You can see, you can imagine how many minds were in the promised land when they left Egypt. But now that vision is marred or blurred. But coming to Elam, there should have been that refreshing of soul. But these people were so almost oblivious to all that God had done. It's as though he hadn't moved at all. I'm sure the Lord was, he loved them, but I'm sure he was, was grieved. It says in Psalm 106, it says there, and referring to this very, very situation, it says, verse 11, And the waters covered their enemies. There was not one of them left. Then believed they his words, they sang his praise. We've mentioned that there with Miriam and the others. With good days. It says, They soon forgot his works. They soon forgot his works. They waited not for his counsel, but lusted exceedingly in the wilderness and tempted God in the desert. And, folks, when you and I, or if you and I, forget what the Lord has done for us, the freshness goes, it vanishes away. And God knew what was in man, he brought them here to Elim where there were before their eyes twelve wells, one for each tribe. And it's as though God had this place specially, and of course he had, arranged for them. There would have been refreshing of soul. There would have been shelter there with the seventy palm trees. Maybe there was more than that. I don't know. But anybody who needed it would have had it. It was a place where they could have become invigorated and folks when you think of Elam as a type of Christ what he provides for us how he can come along and he can give to us new vision and he can give to us that refreshing of soul that let's face it we all needed from time to time And he can come to you or me today. And if we're feeling that the vision has gone in some degree, certainly that we've lost the freshness, he can do far exceeding abundantly above all that you can think of right now because that's what the Bible says. He can do far exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. I'm reading here in Deuteronomy chapter 6. And verse ten, it says, and it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which He swore unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and Jacob, to give thee great and goodly cities, which thou buildest not, and houses full of all good things, which thou fillest not, and wells digged, which thou diggest not, vineyards and olive trees, which thou plantest not, when thou shalt have eaten and be full. This is looking into the future, what God had promised. And eventually they they got there. But but beware, lest thou forget the Lord which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt. They're not even there yet and they're forgetting already. And they continued to forget so often, but so often the Lord drew near and met their need and gave them that refreshing of soul. And in 2021 life, you and I needed more and more Christian. We needed it every day. Try to encourage people to fellowship together as often as we possibly can and to encourage each other. Take the initiative and encourage someone. I was speaking to a man the other night and he's a good Christian fella and he uh, had encouraged a man who needed encouragement and he really helped him. Then there come a time when he needed encouragement and the other man was nowhere to be seen. Because when things went well for him again, he became really liberal and would hardly speak to this free Presbyterian man now. Shouldn't be. We're to bear one another's burdens and encourage one another. I try to be there for you and I know that you're there for each other. But ultimately, the Lord refreshes our soul. He refreshes our soul. And when we come together to do what we can, he does the rest. There was that refreshing of soul but there was, I believe, uh, there should have been at Elam, perhaps there was in some degree just as they left, the rededication of the saints. They'd been through quite a bit. If you look there in verse 24, it says the people murmured, saying, what shall we drink? This is chapter 15 in the book of Exodus. Now they're, they're disillusioned, something that characterized them time and time again. But there was what seems to be unresolved frustration, just continually here with the people of Israel. And I fear that, that, and there's no doubt, that Israel sometimes, they allowed this unresolved frustration to turn into bitterness, allowed the root of bitterness to get rooted. And it would ruin their worship and their fellowship and their Christian love what care they had. It would ruin anything they could do for the Lord. It says there in verse 26 of verse chapter 15, If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and will do that which is right in his sight, and will give ear to his commandments. Do you see there where it says, give ear? That means broaden or widen out. It means listen very carefully. Listen very carefully to his commandments and keep all his statutes. Then things would be well um, with them. But certainly you would think as they left Elam, there would have been that rededication of the saints. But then we have them down in verse 3 saying, Would to God we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt. What foolish talk. Christian, these are difficult times for, when I say difficult, I'm not saying it's doom and gloom. We're able to do most things that we always did as far as serving the Lord is concerned. And there are always walls. And there will always be walls. And when the walls are there, just as was the case in chapter 15 and 16, the Lord always made a way where there was no way. And he still does that. And what he calls for are people who are have a vision. People who are looking to the Lord. Remember the, the, the title of this point was, it was that there would be or there should have been new vision because of the way that Elam greatly benefited them. And Christian, this is the very best day for you and I to get new vision. For to call upon the Lord for that refreshment of soul that we so often need and to dedicate ourselves afresh the best we can. We don't ask people for to do anything impossible. But to dedicate ourselves the best we can to the work of the Lord. And folks, I, I haven't time this morning to go into it. But when you think of them here, for whatever reason, I mentioned someone to you just now that that gentleman had helped another who'd been in help, in need, and then when he needed help, the other gentleman could have been in a position to help him and encourage him, but he didn't do it. He didn't do it, and, and, and he's full of bitterness against things that you and I would look upon as fundamental, things he seemed to love. I don't think that can not happen. There was a gentleman just a few weeks ago, who was very much involved in a Christian church, an evangelical church, and then suddenly, apparently, just decided he didn't believe in the Trinity. Not a light thing. Just imagine the damage that person could do if they got into a position where they were of influence. But this man, anyway, this other gentleman, was bitterness, And I thought of, of Hebrews chapter 12 and where it says there we're to follow peace in verse 14 with all men holiness without which no man can see the Lord and it says looking diligently lest any man fail of the grace of God lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you and thereby many be defiled I just want to thinking of that gentleman who should have been helping that other man and encouraging him the best he could because he did it for him I, I think of all of the, of the turmoil of this past 15 months or so and how people's jobs have changed, some of them, how some people's businesses are, are some of them are gone, how it has affected uh, people's mental health in some cases. And there are a whole host of reasons there that could lead to people, yes, having that unresolved frustration that leads to betterness. And here's a verse we, need to, we really need to heed. It says they're looking diligently. The word looking there is a noun which means watchtower. And it refers to being a watchman. Therefore we need to be, I need to be very careful. Looking diligently lest any man fail of the grace of God in any ruin of bitterness trouble you. The word trouble there is a word which means anguish or pain or, or feeling like crying out. It says before that they're springing up, and that word springing is an allusion to the garden life, to cultivation. And how, if you go out today and your garden's lovely, and you go out three days later, there's weeds everywhere. They were just under the surface all the time, and now they've sprung up suddenly. And that's really what it's saying here. Lest any root of bitterness springing up or coming up quickly trouble you or cause you great anguish. Thereby many be defiled. You know someone perhaps, and that's where they are. There are people, and I wouldn't mention names, in uh, in different parts of the country, and some from the, the lockdown in the first March, they haven't been out in any meeting in their church half a dozen times. And other caring people have tried to speak with them and it's got nasty. Why? Well, what about bitterness? Things have changed with the pandemic and we, we didn't want it. The Lord knows all about it. We didn't want it, but we have an opportunity to get new vision, to get that 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 refreshing and that rededication. There was a new vision, but then think secondly here of the near location. When they were in their travels, Elam, they didn't have to go looking for it, but rather Elam confronted them. Isn't it so true that in our travels, when we we feel that we're going to fail or we feel that we're we're going to fail really, really waking in, really down about that. It's just then that the Lord draws near and confronts us and reminds us of his love and his goodness to us. You see, there was just a short step between where they had been, that is, they had been at the wall, between there, really, and now Elam. And it's like you and I making sure that we stay in close fellowship with him, made a good start coming to church today. Seeking his face when we're away from everybody else and nobody really knows what we're doing. I think of the experience of the hymn writer when they said, I'm drinking at the fountain, that never shall run dry. And Maybe you feel your fountain is running quite dry. Well, Christ will always have sufficient for us And we don't have to go searching for him. He loves each and every one gathered here this morning. He knows all about the struggles. He knows about the potential. Do you remember the people we mentioned? We're not saying not to be critical or to shame anybody because I haven't named them and they live far away from here anyway. But it's a reality. It's a reality that needs to be dealt with. Christ is the answer when we're not saved and we need to come to him and trust him. But Christ is the answer every day when we are saved. He's the answer every day. Over there in Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 30. It says, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. You see, this is a word to Christians. These people are sealed unto the day of redemption. But they can't grieve God. It's then it says in verse 31, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be ye kind one to another. It's a great thing. Tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. You see, if we all can do that, what's in those verses 31 and verse 32, there won't be any happier Christians around if he can let go of those things. A few weeks ago, there's a man talking to me about something that happened years and years ago. And it wasn't really very fair on the individual that it happened to. But he should have let it go. And he, he should have moved on to him, but he wouldn't let it go. And he wouldn't let it go for years. And eventually it just destroyed him. And it wasn't worth it. It just made him into a shadow of his former self. As a believer and as a man. Because he wouldn't let it go. Christ is right before us today. He's promised to be where we meet together in his name. So when they left Elam, we're looking here at reflecting upon firmer mercies. When they, they come out into the wilderness, Wouldn't it have been better thinking back to Elam and thinking, well, look at all the Lord did for us there. Uh, And they would have had new vision and remembered the near location. He was there just when they needed him. But they should have thought also of national transformation because Elam was not a a destination. Elam was uh, was just a help or an aid along the way. And that being the case, it was a place where they would have been strengthened, encouraged, and in many ways equipped to go on. It was a place of supply for them. And that's what Christ is for you and I. Not just one who's died for us and has saved us, but one who's promised us the Lord's presence. He's promised us um, that the Holy Spirit will lead us into all truth and that he will be our comforter and our teacher. We are promised grace. We're promised the benefit of fellowship, the blessing of prayer. We're promised the warmth in our hearts as we worship the Lord. All of these things are to keep us going on. And the Christian church would never want to be at that point with a grain to a standstill or sit back in their laurels when things are pretty good and think, well, I don't have to pray as much now. Or maybe we don't have to preach the gospel as clearly as we did. It doesn't, all of those thoughts have come in the places and destroyed them. But rather there should have been national transformation. Strengthened, encouraged and equipped to go on. Because you and I are still here, Christian. And there's something to do for the Lord. I read the other day, I don't know where it was. Or someone maybe showed it to me. They're just saying, what is life? And then it simply answered. It's a short trip. It may be a short trip and I'm not speaking here morbidly but whatever length that trip is for us there's something more that you can do for the Lord than I can do for the Lord because he still has us here and Christ is still our Elam and he's still able to help us along the way. Notice the final thought here. It is the notable inclusion. If you look at those chapters who all do you see counted out? No one. No one. It's for all who will avail of what is provided for them there at Elam. And what a picture there is of how the Lord Jesus meets the need of the weakest Christian. So you see when a Christian is weak or struggling, great thing to encourage them. Try to help them. Don't hammer them, but try to help them and try to encourage them and there's maybe there's someone that you know or someone that I know today and, and they're, they're losing out and the Lord loves them and le- the truth is he has better things for them than what they're doing now and you can think maybe of someone like that better things for them think of one man he sent a photograph of him at some club in England where there was lots of booze on the go. And he was there in the middle of it. I remember him in the prayer meetings. The Lord has something better for him. And I do trust that the Lord will help all of us. We need Elam continually. I look at these verses and these chapters and I see A time of refreshing, blessing and strengthening, then difficulty, then a time of refreshing again. But Israel, every time, they railed upon the Lord. They may have uh, had a go at Moses and Aaron, but it was really the Lord uh, was where they had their knife in him. Uh, And they were shaking their fist in his face. And in these days, folks, of, of darkness, when it's hard to get people to come and listen to the gospel, so many need the Lord and so many are searching. And you'll see it uh, maybe on the news there. People are reevaluating life and thinking, because of this pandemic, what do we want to do? What really matters? Well, what we're doing really matters, serving the Lord. There's nothing better you can do. And we appreciate your help here. We need it and your support and encouragement. And you need each other. I know that. But remember this. You and I, in spite of everything, the Lord is our elim. And he's there for us and in the difficult situations that you may be in now or we will all be in sometimes, let's reflect upon former mercies and remember that the Lord has not changed. I trust the Lord will bless these few thoughts that I brought to your heart today. To your heart that wherever you are in your experience with the Lord that you will be helped as you reflect upon the former mercies of the Lord.